I'm Christina. And I'm Megan. And, and this, this is, is the, the Aftermath of Sex. It's all about that hair, hair, yeah. No <laughs> trouble. It. The hairs, hairs, yeah. No trouble. As you can tell, I'm very excited about the hair episode. Yeah. Yeah, I am super excited too. But first, I have to tell you what's happening at school. So every year we do this homecoming thing. And we don't do it like a normal high school because we're just smaller and kind of um, just a smaller school, really. Anyway, yeah. so you know how like all the other homecoming floats, they're like built on these big like trailer things. Okay. You go around no. the football field during homecoming. Oh, on a float? Homecoming floats. You haven't heard of homecoming floats? I mean, okay. There's one float. For the school, and then they no. Just, usually, like... it's like the classes. Freshman class does oh. one. Sophomore, okay. junior, senior. Okay, so there's okay. four. There's four floats. Okay, you don't know about this? Yeah, I don't think I partake. Partaked? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I partook in any of that or, activity. Okay. 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 Well, anyway, right. it's a thing, and I know that uh, many of our listeners will know what know I'm about talking about. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, but at um, our school, we don't have like a football team and like a sports related type thing. We're um, a little bit different. So you guys we, are doing seasons. Well, the theme well, is seasons. Okay. Yeah. So the theme is seasons, but instead of using like trailers, we build our floats over shopping carts. Shut up. And Shut then. Up. <laughs> Wait, hold on. There's just like a shopping cart. Yeah. Floor? And no. everyone wants to know where we got the shopping carts. And I have been assured they were donated. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so curious. Like, how, So this is a shopping cart sized float. So nobody can fit on it. Oh, well, oh yes, we can. So we, we do really amazing things at our school. And it's divided into career clusters. Okay, cool. So each career cluster does their own floats. And then we do a parade around the school. And then we have our awesome spirit Um uh assembly and okay. it's a good time so you take the shopping cart uh -huh. and really you can do a lot with the shopping cart you so is it put, just one shopping cart? so you get one shopping cart and then you build your main float on the shopping cart and it can be very long i mean it can be 15 or 12 feet long you just have to secure it under the shopping cart you just have and to then you can have all of these there. extra things but there's no people on this float. There is. Let me tell you what we're doing. No, stop. Okay, so I teach the career, the health cluster. Yeah. And so the seasons is the theme. Yeah. And so we're doing flu season. Oh, why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> I don't like the flu. I know, but it's going to be so amazing. Oh, you're going to have like the virus bugs on there and everything. We're going to do, we have tons of viruses floating around my classroom. So like the construction cluster, they're going to do construction season and so forth. I, the flu season is much better. Well, construction season. Well, the construction cluster. Maybe it's summer. Yes. Yeah. Construction happens during summer. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. Well, maybe that's... it might be a bulldozer or something. And then they have access to like the wood in the tools to cut things. <laughs> And so all we 
cardboard, so okay? You have one shopping cart. Yep. And people are going to get on this extension of the shopping cart and not fall over and well it's heads. not like people are getting on it like in a traditional float okay like on a trailer this is what i was thinking but our floats let me just tell you all the little pieces of it because yeah our shopping cart is a giant box of tissue <laughs> so, <laughs> i love this <laughs> so you know like the square tissue boxes yes and you know how they have just they're de nicely decorated and stuff yeah. i have a student who found like a really cool decoration that we could like do and so we've been building that and so then i'm gonna have two tiny little students who are going to be the tissue <laughs> <laughs> and they are going to hopefully pop up and down and then throw the tissue during the parade oh that's tissue paper that is that is yeah. great yeah and so then behind them we're going to have we have an amazingly ginormous uh hand sanitizer that somebody is going to be we have somebody who's going to be a box of advil is there a prize a trophy that you get in your classroom for the whole year that is worth getting and i think you're going to win I really hope so because guess when the last time the health cluster won or the only time that they've won in the eight years I've been there. Okay. I was on maternity leave. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to be gone to win. Apparently. But, but I but feel, I feel great. good. I mean, we're going to have like giant noses with snot coming out of them. And we've got these viruses that are that we've I've made into headbands, so people are going to be viruses, and then we're going to have healthcare workers that are fighting the viruses. Oh, that's great! I think I think we have. A I chance. think you have a really good chance. As long as chance. all the students just follow the plan, we'll see. Okay. Well, you know what? Yeah. I wish you the best of luck. Yeah. And, and then there's the dance later that weekend on Friday. Apparently, isn't it Friday? It is Friday. So yeah, my son right. goes to Megan's school. Yes. And he is in the. Um, auto cluster what's it called yeah it's the auto, the auto it's like uh small engines yeah cluster. small engines that moves into auto yeah and he tells me today when i ask him hey are you going to the homecoming dance and he's like yeah i don't know maybe I'm like dude it's tuesday you gotta buy a ticket this is friday he's like nah i'll talk to my friends about it i don't know if the music sucks i'm just gonna dip <laughs> okay so i'm like okay but um i mean you know it's semi-formal so what are you gonna wear he was like i don't know i've got church pants <laughs> it's like okay, okay okay fine and so then about 20 minutes goes by he's like yeah i think i'm going like all right so some random thought like if i hadn't brought it up he would probably tell me on friday at yeah. 5 p.m that he needed to be somewhere at six in dress wear. yeah yeah this, this is teenage life so well, anyway, he needs to buy a ticket. He can't buy a ticket at the door. Oh, you can't? Well, I'll tell him. He's got two days. Maybe he should just figure it out on his own. I can pick one up for him. No. <laughs> I'll, I'll be there tomorrow. I will talk to him about it and see. But anyway, fun times. Fun. And we need, we need to take pictures and put it up on our Instagram. Oh, yeah. And on the social. Okay. If that's allowed. Yeah, we'll figure with, it out. Yeah, with your students and i won't post pictures of my students yeah of course okay but the float the tissue yeah. box yeah yes we need to see it yeah. it needs to happen the hand sanitizer is amazing 
Like the student, I know, she literally did the whole ingredients list on the back, like identical really? to a real hand sanitizer. Oh, she went all out. I it oh, took her wow. four days. Oh wow, and she was dedicated. I I was like, girl, I can't. Time's a ticking. To we gotta get it done. <laughs> Just gotta get it. let her be diligent so that you guys actually win. I know that's what I'm like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. All right. Okay. I want to hear. Let's talk about hair. You know, you've been really excited about this hair episode, yeah. and I'm like, whatever, girl. I know. But I'm actually getting more excited the more excited you are because okay. I can see it. I know. I'm I can excited see it on you. Well, it's interesting because when I started this hair adventure, I had really been talking about this hair. I mean, I was telling everybody about the hair. I'm going to do this pubic hair episode. <laughs> it just was like really great. Cause in a previous episode I was doing researching puberty and I just came across some interesting stuff. Yeah. And, but it's kind of morphed into something else as I kind of got into it. So we're going to talk about all things about hair and removing hair and why people remove hair. And I'm all the way back to ancient times. We're going I'm back. so we are going back. I'm so excited. So here we go. Just in case you are biased against hair, body hair, you know, we have it for a reason. Well, Most I would of the things that come with us are for a reason. Yeah. And um, so just to remind everybody, just a couple things about body hair. Like, you know, it's good for relating, re regulating temperature and it's a, a filter for pathogens, right? Like right. in your ears and your nose and your genitals. Yeah. Just so you know. And um, there's also some kind of theories around the purpose of pubic hair too. Some of them are theories, some of them are not. Okay. But one of the cool things that I guess I never really thought of, but so, you know, we have this um, sebaceous glands yes. that secrete sebum or yep. oil. Yep. And um, this oil prevents bacteria from like replicating and stuff. Okay. And so it helps to reduce infection. So um, pubic hair produces or uh, encourages the production of the sebum. Okay. So then it would reduce the bacteria in the genital area. Interesting. Following me. Unless you have sebaceous cysts, in which okay, have you heard about these? Well, I am. Mm -hmm. I'm familiar with them, but I didn't go into them on this. So yeah, so sebaceous so cysts ahead. are not fun, right? They're clogged yeah. um, uh, pores, yeah. and so those become painful. Yeah. Um, but that's a whole different episode. Whole different episode. We'll go there sometime. Yeah. Anyway, so. Um, also, well, let's see. So there are, you have multiple types of these sebaceous glands and you have two types. You have eccrine sebaceous glands and they're found over most of the body and they open directly onto the skin surface. Okay. And then you have these apocrine glands that open into the hair follicle that lead to the skin. Okay. And these apocrine glands are found in areas where there's lots of hair follicles, like under your arms okay. and in your genitals and um like on your head and stuff okay. like that okay so if that makes sense so the pubic area has a lot of these apocrine sweat glands which specifically secrete the pheromones so it's really it's poorly understood how this directly relates to sexual tendencies and behavior oh. but pheromones are a thing and so if you keep your hair then the theory is that you have more pheromones that are being secreted oh, to potentially attract a mate Oh, so, we should do an episode all about pheromones. We should. Let's I think that'd be fun. Put it on the list. Okay. All right. Very good. So another um, purpose of pubic hair 
this is just a refresher kind of from the last episode I talked about this in, but it does reduce friction during intercourse. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that, but it makes sense. Yeah. It totally does mm -hmm. make sense. Um, so yeah, so those are kind of like, you know, the purposes of pubic hair, but most people don't really care about that. So they just <laughs> want to get rid of it. We've got lubrication <laughs> these days. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> so kind of, there was this survey done. Actually, there have been so many studies done on hair removal and stuff and why people remove their hair. It's really interesting. I mean, you can go down like a total rabbit hole reading all of these studies because they look at different genders and ethnicities and races and all the reasons why people remove their, yeah. their hair. So I'm just going to um, just mention one statistic from one of the studies that were done. And it was a pretty large study. It was of thousands of people. And they found that 90 or 59% of women and 61% of men who groomed their pubic hair reported doing so for hygienic purposes. Oh, interesting. I know. So just so everyone knows, pubic hair is not inherently unhygienic. So right. if you're washing regularly, right. then, you know, it is hygienic. Um, but it can get tangled. Are you supposed to just comb it? Well, that... That's something to think about. You I can. Because grooming is... People probably do comb their pubic hair. I'm sure. It can get quite long. I Yes, yeah. I know this, but <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's, that could be grooming too. So it yeah. doesn't mean removal, but right. does it yep. matter if you trim it back so that you... <gasps> you know, don't have a forest or yeah, I don't think so. I mean, if we're looking at like the purpose of it, if you still have some there to reduce the friction or, right. to, you know, secrete Interesting. those pheromones and all of those things. Yeah. So that definitely could, could be part of it. Yeah. Okay. I'm interesting. In. I'm, you've, you've hooked me now. Oh, I'm, I'm now okay interested. Here. Okay. Oh, yeah. very good. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been interested, but you know, okay. Well then this will be interesting is that there was also a significant link. This is actually not surprising. Um, to grooming pubic hair for sexual reasons, yeah. specifically related to oral sex. So that all makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, I can make some comments, but I won't. I will refrain. Okay, very good. We can <laughs> we can comment later <laughs> off air all of the inappropriate things that are running through your mind right now. Yes. Stories of not yeah. for the audience. Right. <laughs> Anyway, so I will link those studies that I looked at. There's a couple that I thought were really interesting, and I'll link those in the show notes for anyone who wants to do a deep dive into peer-reviewed study about I think that's, pubic hair. Yeah, who does a study about pubic hair? Well, Megan would. Well, <laughs> I, yeah. If you had your PhD, you know that do, you would definitely yeah, do it. Yeah. That's what, yeah. Okay, I'll put that on a list of things to do when I get there in life. Yeah. So there are lots of reasons why people remove body hair. And um, one of the benefits, like when you're thinking about um, maybe a hygienic reason for doing it, like mm -hmm. people who live in like close, close quarters or there's like densely populated areas that maybe don't have um, access to like clean water and stuff. Oh. Because there are little things that can spread. Yes. Like uh, hair loving oh. parasites and like such. Like lice. Like, yes, oh, like, creepy. yeah, genital lice and parasitic mites and stuff like that. Oh, okay. I know. So that I can definitely see why yeah. if you live in poor conditions like that, why that might be a reason to do that just to yeah. stave off those little critters. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, also, <laughs> um, hair traps the perspiration. And so a warm, moist environment encourages growth of bacteria yeah. and odor. Yeah. You know, so get rid of the hair and then you don't have 
that kind of yeah. issue either. So well, and there's a fair amount of people that are very um, they have um, hyperhidrosis, which is excessive mm -hmm. sweat. Yeah, in yeah. their groin, their armpit, yeah. sometimes their buttock, which is really weird. Yeah. Um, but I can imagine that they would feel. Well, I don't know, yeah. but that might. It might be a problem. Problem. Yeah. yeah. Definitely would be like a reason to consider yeah. for, you know, just comfort reasons yeah. to remove it. But there are other reasons too. So some things like um, we talked about sexual preference, um, but partner expectations or just individual perception that the genitalia looks better without hair. I kind of found mm. in those surveys that I was telling you about. Um, social norms and expectations. Yes. And that is what this episode is really going to be about. Welcome to America. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not just America. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to go, we're going to go into it. Okay. Yeah. Also like an increased sexual sensation, um, when you get rid of the hair, just having the skin, uh, you know, directly against each other. So where, how the hair would be like a lubricant, you would get rid of the hair, use some kind of artificial lubricant, which then could increase the sensation in the genital area okay. during intercourse. Oh. Are you following? Okay. Yeah. Very good. Um, and also there are some religious reasons to remove body hair as well. And oh. so I'll just go through a couple here. So in the Muslim religion, um, it's a sign of like general purity and cleanliness to remove okay. body hair. So okay. that makes sense. And in the Hindu religion, young children, um, like pretty young, like four years old, they'll have their um, heads shaved as like a way to confront one's bare ego. Um, and a hair and hair can be a sign of vanity. So they try to teach that at a young age that hair isn't like important for who you are. Interesting. Like I like individual. that. Yeah. But they also. It's interesting because they're little. They're very little. Yeah. And they're already very pure. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then the process of removing the hair like teaches humbleness and devotion in their okay. religion. So yeah. anyway, just a couple of religious reasons that I, like I found it. interesting. Okay. So we are going to go back. So archaeologists, you were going to think that I was going to talk about archaeology, did you? But no. they believe that, um, some of them believe that early humans, both women and men, shaved their heads and beards to prevent frostbite in cold climates. What? Yeah. Wait. Yeah, because like, the, you know how, like, well, if it's get... getting sweaty and wet and yeah. stuff, and then it gets cold, it made total sense. Yeah. Yeah. But you think about hair as a warm fur layer. That too. Because I wonder okay. if it depended on what you were doing, like if you were really active and, but if you're talking about way back in ancient times, like people worked hard to survive, you know? Right. Well, I have a picture of my daughter. Okay. Um, when I was picking her up from school, she was on the playground. It was probably 18 below <laughs> and her eyelashes were completely frozen yes. open and yeah. looked like she had, was the snow princess. Yes. And she had little frost in her, yeah. um, in her hair. So I can understand the thought yeah. process, but it's just interesting. But also the mm -hmm. hair is, yeah, a way to stay warm. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Anyway, you know, one of those theories, I guess. Yeah. Um, okay. There's also, we're going to talk more about this, but there is archaeological evidence that suggests that razors were made from sharpened clamshells. Stop. Animal teeth. No. As well as flint. Flint is just kind of inherently like sharp. And so they have used flint as razors since no. way back, like way BC. I, I know. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm shooketh. I know. Yeah. I have some more things I, to say, but I'm, I'm just going to wait sure. for it. 
I know. Can you imagine? I don't think I could handle that. So all of you who like have really sensitive skin oh my and gosh. Like I get would, razor burn, I would, I wouldn't be able to remove my hair with Flint. I don't think. Well, not smoothly. No. And oh, but I got something for you later. Oh no. To help it out. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't know. It's good. Okay. Okay. All well, right. let's go back to ancient Egypt. Okay. Okay. Let's here we back. are. So they had really refined hygienic practices and hygiene was really important okay. to them. And much of Egyptian artwork depicts like clean shaven appearances. And yeah. it never occurred to me until I started doing this episode. I was like, you're right. Like looking back at all of, yeah, kind of the, that artwork. So during this time in, um, in ancient Egypt, they didn't really like differentiate between hair preferences. They just wanted it all gone. Like all of it. All like of it. The head, the genitals, legs, armpit. Like they just removed all of the body hair. What about in the movies when you see that little tuft in the back that's long? Oh, yeah, interesting. From well, the pharaohs and the, you know, the yeah, ancient Egyptian days. I'm not entirely sure about the tuft, but what yeah. I did find was that kings would wear fake beards. <laughs> so they would so, remove their hair and then they would have but, a fake beard. But but for why? Well, I don't know. But like, what did they use? Did they use, they remove the hair and then put it back on? And then how did they put the hair on their face? Well, I don't know, but it would make sense if they were going to use a fake beard just to take the hair that they removed off their head, put it on their beard. But <laughs> maybe they used a strap. I don't know. A, a, a strap? No, I'm joking. But it's all I could think of. Oh, well. Maybe later on you'll get some ideas of how maybe they could have done it. I don't know. It's all theory. Okay. Yeah. So uh, also, huh. um, in later times, hair was prohibited for priests in like the later time periods, so they couldn't have any hair because it was it sacrilegious. I guess so. It was part to of have hair that the good Lord gave you. Yeah. All right. I know. And it was also speculated the body hair was considered undesirable for women. So it started way, way back. back when. Those bastards. Seriously. I mean, it's a lot. We're talking about ancient Egypt. I mean, we're talking about thousands and thousands and thousands of years of hair bias. <laughs> <laughs> Damn those Egyptian ancient people. Wow. I mean, I but really. It's interesting. That is very interesting. Yeah. So you want to hear like all the things that they use to remove their hair? I am, I'm a little anxious about you it. You should be. Okay. Here, I'll start with just some easy stuff. So they used <laughs> like, you know, sugar and beeswax for oh, wax. So sugaring still a thing, it, you know? Yeah, I know. It yeah. really is. Yeah. Okay. Um, they also used tweezers made from seashells. So the seashells could be sharpened to be a razor or as tweezers. One hit. <laughs> One hair at a time, painfully removed by two seashells. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Um, you're going to love this. Oh, no. They used pumice stones to rub away the hair. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah that was they great. must have had some calluses, man. They well, had they some had calloused genitals <laughs> as they're rubbing a pumice stone all up on their bits. Can you imagine? But they also used... Uh, debilitory cream. So what is debilitory cream? It's the cream that you put on that uh, removes the hair. I'll I'll get there with like Nair. 
There. Exactly. We're going to talk about. Wait, about hold there. on. Back in ancient. And yes. It, oh, listen. Do you want some recipes? No. <laughs> I've got some. So. <laughs> this um, is crazy. Yeah. So okay. they had these recipes were, I'm going to share three with you. And they were found in the Hearst papyrus and the Ebers papyrus, which were ancient uh, medical texts. Texts, Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the first one, this is from the Hearst papyrus number 155. Boiled bones of the great bustard bird. <laughs> Add some fly dirt, <laughs> some lard, don't forget the sycamore milk. <laughs> Throw some gum in there. A lump of salt. Some gum. Warm. And apply. I'm assuming. <laughs> At first, I was really worried about you giving recipes as like, what if it's dangerous? But I mean, who's going to get some bones? Where are you going to get the sycamore milk? Well, from a sycamore tree, I'm assuming, but we're, we're, oh, those probably grow in the U.S., don't they? I don't know. We live in Alaska where we literally have four kinds of trees. That's true. Yeah. Anyway. Um, um, huh. Okay. I mean, you can go find the great bustard bird. I mean, it's a real bird. Boil the bones. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So next. Okay. <laughs> so this I'm is, supposed, yeah. Uh, next is the carapace or shell of a turtle. You need, it shall be cooked. And then it no, shall. No, tell. <laughs> yes, it shall be cooked. Oh, I missed that. So it will, it shall be cooked, it shall be crushed, and it shall be added to fat from the leg of a hippo. <laughs> Stop it. I'm not done. I need me a hippo. You're not done. I need me a hippo. One shall anoint therewith very, very, very frequently, says I mean, the Ebers Papyrus of 476. <laughs> Do they say very four times? Just three. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is great. Okay, this one you are going to love. There's only one ingredient. Oh no. Are you ready? No. <laughs> I'm having a hard time even saying it. Blood from the vulva of a female hound... It should be put on the hair. <laughs> Hearst Papyrus 156. Stop it. I'm not even Blood lying. of a female hound. Yeah. Or from the vulva. Not from a cut on his arm. From the vulva. But yeah. it, what? <laughs> <laughs> I can't even. So, like, is this a hound like a dog? Or like a hound like yeah, they're like referring dog. to a female? Like No, like a dog. Like a dog. A hound. Yeah, a hound. You know the mother blood. Exactly. Is that where they came from? The vulva of the blood. Oh. Yeah, they just made it. Okay, well now <laughs> we know. Did. Anyway, so it's it's uncertain if these lovely debilitory creams, I say that in quotations, um, were used to actually like re like the hair removed off, like nair, which we'll talk a lot about what yeah. the ingredient is in a little bit. Um, or if it was used to soften the hair. So then you could go back with your pumice stones and uh, razors made of copper, not your Venus razors, ladies. <laughs> and the flint. 
you know. Oh, anyway. Ouch. I don't want to be a vulva back in the day. Yeah. That sounds like a bad <laughs> deal. <laughs> That's like a real bad deal. Yeah. And another thing about razors, we'll just move on to some more. I am just envisioning in my head a plucked chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have a good plucking. And so there's little, like little hairs yes. flying yes. and like bleeding. And oh, God. No, I know. I mean, it couldn't have been like a smooth. No. Like, out. I bet you they. I bet you they got really, really good at it, though. Well, they I mean, must have. They must have spent a fair amount of their life removing their hair. That's all I kept thinking about during this whole thing. Like, how much time do people spend of their lives removing hair that just grows because we're supposed to have hair? Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So, uh, the razors were used, but it is unclear as to whether they were used as they are today by cutting through the hair or more like scrapers. Right after the hair has been softened, like a saw, you're gonna saw the hair off. Me, 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 Well, I think like like um, like it wouldn't necessarily cut the hair, but it's gonna it kind of tear it. it. Yeah, more Ouch. like that, and it wouldn't be as like coarse because you know the blood from a vulva of a female hound it does the trick. <laughs> <laughs> I just. Well, you know, there might be a protein in the blood that does yeah. stuff in the hair. I mean, there must be something to I this mean, because it literally made it into one of these ancient, like, texts. I mean, there's something to, I mean, they experiment. You know, they did their own yeah. studies back then, I'm sure, or something. Experiments. Yeah. Well, and, that didn't work for Ma, so we got to try it on Ma. Yeah. I, right? I don't know where that came from. We didn't get it from the female cat. I'm <laughs> you know, let's try the hound. Like, I'm feeling a little goofy about this, but this is very fascinating. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Razors were actually found in um, Egyptian Queen uh, Hedefiri's tomb in 2600 BC is when she lived. They had razors wow. way, way back then. Wow. Yeah. Yep. And it was important enough to put in her tomb. Exactly. Her. Right. That so was like was... a, right, a significant thing yeah. for their culture. Yeah. I know. Very interesting. It is really interesting. Oh. I know. Cool. Yeah. Um, flint was used a lot because flint is as sharp as like our modern day razors. So they used flint a lot. I see I see flint over and over and over again. Okay. So I think if you could get your hands on flint, it would be preferable to the clamshell. As long as you... <laughs> as long as you stay away from steel? Because then you got a fiery situation. Oh! <laughs> It's all I can keep thinking. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Fair enough. Okay. Oh, just a little side note, because, you know, we're medical people here. We <laughs> like medicine stuff. But tweezers were used back then. They had these, like, they had developed tweezers. And um, they, uh, you know, mostly from the clamshells. Yeah. And, but they were not used just to remove hair. They were also used during mummification to remove, like, organs and other medical procedures. So it was, like, the first scalpel. Oh. Interesting. Crazy. Crazy. I mean, if they're using it to cut things away. Yeah. I mean, and to, you know, yeah. to like pick up and. Like a forcep. Like a forcep. Yeah. Oh. They used it as like a forcep. Forcep is a tool, y'all, yeah. that It's kind of like pinches. a tweezer. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> it's really interesting. Okay. I know. They were like, they were ahead of their time back then. Wow. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, so okay. let's just, let's move on now. Oh, okay. To, to ancient Greek. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. That was a lot from ancient uh, Egypt. Egypt, yeah. Okay. Those Egyptians, they had it going on with the lack of hair. Uh, 
Okay, so ancient Greeks and Romans had kind of similar practices, okay. but they kind of changed over time. So not all hair is equal in the ancient Greek and Roman empires. Okay. Um, whereas like, you know, the Egyptians wanted it all gone. Like it was all bad. Yep. But some hair was okay. Okay. Um, it was seen as uncivilized and appalling for women to sport the pubes back then. Of course it was. I know. Rude. So annoying, especially in public baths. You know, you know the public bath baths that they yep. used to have back then. Yeah. Like if you wanted to go get clean, you had to do this. Otherwise, people would like make fun of you and stuff. That's terrible. I know it is. I agree. Um, okay. So interestingly enough, though, hair above the waist was all the rave. They loved it. <laughs> so like your armpit hair could just grow. Sure. All right. As well as the unibrow. The unibrow. They would actually darken and dye the space between the eyes. So that they had this voluptuous unibrow. Because one was better than two. Uh, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And um, it was often seen as a sign of intelligence. Oh. So if you're removing your unibrow, ladies, you're not you better keep it. I, yes. It's a sign of intelligence, apparently. Uh, okay. So okay. if you didn't have a unibrow, you could make one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. What could you make? A unibrow out of just stop. Like, like what? Pubic hair. Well, they you can't could. Use, you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could. They didn't want their pubic hair, so they probably um, put it on their face. Probably, but they also used goat hair. Okay. They would literally dye goat hair. Stop. And guess how they would attach it? So this might be how they attach the beards too, with tree resin. <laughs> oh, that's so sticky! It's so smart. <laughs> Vision it. Yeah. Goat hair. Oh, right here. <laughs> what did they dye it with? Um, probably plants and stuff. You can yeah. dye from all kinds of stuff in the well, forest. That's true. Yeah. Okay. So I guess it would depend on the color of yeah. your eyebrows. Well, yeah. Because you would probably want to match it. Well, maybe they didn't care. The maybe. darker the better, the lighter matter. the yeah. better. Who they knows? It. Yeah. What color is that goat? We'll right? just take that goat color. Oh, they probably found the right goat color hair. <laughs> That would be the way to do it. Then they just throw some tree resin on your yeah. face. Oh, it's like it's like the ancient um, eyelashes. Wait, there was eight. No, there no. wasn't. I'm just saying, like similar to how you know we got the fake eyelashes, we got the fake oh. unibrow. Oh, with the tree oh. glue, whatever. Okay. So I had to talk about this unibrow for a second <laughs> because it's <laughs> something. It's interesting. Yeah. So I re I don't know if this was fake or not, yeah. but it like really bothered me when I watched it. I saw this video on social media recently about a mother who waxed her two-year-old daughter's unibrow. She couldn't have done it for real. She couldn't have, right? Uh, if she did, she was wrong. <laughs> anyway, I, I just had to say that. Don't go waxing your two-year-old's unibrows, okay? Because clearly they're intelligent. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Anyway. All right. Okay. So specifically in the Roman Empire, the lack of body hair was also a characteristic of like the class system and wealth. Oh. Yeah. I of know. Of course it right? was. Of course. Right? Because yeah. if you got yourself some expensive flint, then you had the smooth legs and... No pubic hair, right? Oh, I didn't even think about the legs. You know how many crevices there are? I know. On the leg? The legs are just, how many? there's a large surface area. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. 
Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Wow. So wealthy people removed their hair using Flint. Flint was always, I just see over and yeah. over. Flint was like yeah. the preferred Most twist. And then thing. tweezers, the pumice and creams and like all the same stuff. Yeah. That the um, ancient Egyptians, they probably got the ideas from them. Yeah. Um, and if you notice that all of these statues and paintings during this time, they don't have they body have hair. No body hair. No body hair. Yeah. I know. I hadn't thought about it. Me neither. That is And then I was like going through all of the artwork that I've seen, you know, just growing up or whatever yeah. in school and history and yeah. museums and there's no body hair. Yeah, because it was not it was not to be had. Right, it was not because its significance, you know, um, and, a poor socioeconomic status and okay, lack of hygiene and all of that stuff. And the people who are getting themselves in portraits are probably, probably fancy. Yes, like wealthy people. people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I can't Okay. Yeah, imagine that it was people without wealth. Anyway, interesting. Yeah. Okay, moving forward. Okay. Into the Middle Ages. Wow. Okay, We're, this is a good one. Oh, no. We did. We've come a long way. Yeah. Yes, we've come a long way. So, so there wasn't a whole lot between then. Like, it was just like um, that there wasn't a whole lot of his like evidence in history sure. to show what was happening between these two times. Like how it evolved. Yeah, into exactly. A different. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. There wasn't a whole lot of like um, artifacts and stuff. Sure. Like that. And what is middle ages? So around like Queen Elizabeth the first's time. Okay. Okay. Um, She was quite a trendy gal. Yeah. And she got all the ladies to follow suit in her hair trends. Okay. So, are you ready? I might be. So, hair from the neck down was A-OK. -okay. okay? So, just think about that for a sec. Okay. All the hair from the neck down was okay. It was fine. From the neck down? Yes. The hair <laughs> from on the face. And the head. And the head was not okay. Now, not like all of the hair on the head. So, we went but from a unibrow that needs yes. a unibrow <laughs> to brow. no to eyebrows. None. Okay, they would completely remove all of the eyebrows, all of the facial hair, okay. you know, all this hair mm. that grows and faces places yeah. that we don't want it to grow. Okay. They also would knock back some of the hair if it came down on their forehead. So they would remove some of the hair, like on their, you know, how we got like our hairline or whatever. Yeah. So they would remove the hair to make the forehead look larger. Oh. So the whole purpose to remove the eyebrows and the forehead hair was to increase the size of the forehead. Okay. Uh, it Be was a cool thing. Because a then. big forehead is a good thing. It was attractive. In the day. Yeah. I mean, of Queen, Queen Elizabeth, Elizabeth did it. One. Yeah. <laughs> she did it. She did it. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. And so some things that they would use to soften. You know that there was some girl that was like, this is dumb, but I'm going to do I, it. Yes, exactly. This All is the girls. so dumb. All the girls. But we're going to do it. But we're going to do it because the Queen. Queenie. Yeah. She said. Queen Lizzie. <laughs> she said. <laughs> oh, no. But they would use um, like walnut oil and vinegar, and ammonia oh. from the kitties. From, you know, all of that ammonia that's in cat urine. Oh, no. They use that to soften the hair. Stop. They must have smelled terrible. Horrid. Horrible. And also, so they, like, when I was looking at this, oh. they kind of were like walnut oil and vinegar and ammonia. Okay, but I hope they didn't use the vinegar and ammonia at the same time because that causes severe reactions. Oh, and this chemical reaction that I suppose maybe somebody regretted at one point <laughs> before they learned that vinegar and ammonia don't mix. 
So what's the reaction that happens? It like burns and stuff. If it's on your skin, it's going to be oh. severe burn. Like if you put him into a toilet or something, it'll start smoking. Seriously? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. You should <clears throat> You should never mix ammonia or vinegar. Google okay. It. Good to know. Don't do it. Okay. okay. So anyway, that was really interesting. This, I just like the way that it just like, you this know, is has amazing, Megan. Really amazing. I'm so into this. This is me too. I yeah. Enjoy okay. So in the 18th and 19th centuries, so 1700s, okay. 1800s, women in America and Europe didn't worry too much about hair removal during this time. Okay. Um, and hair removal strategies start, were developed primarily for men during this time. Okay. I know. Isn't that interesting? Uh-huh. Yeah. So in 1760, a French barber named Jacques Perret made the first straight razor for men. Okay. So, yeah, I th it kind of seems like it took a long time for that to come around. But I guess they don't know the history of, like, metal and yeah. how the involvement of metal. Um, and then the first modern um, debilatory cream was created in 1844 by Dr. Gerard. And then um, the first modern razor was created in 1890 by King Camp Gillette. We're going to talk Stop. more. Yeah, Seriously? I know. Yeah. So he created the first modern razor. And so clearly that was a success. Wow. Yeah. But something really interesting I found was that the modern era of hair removal may have been encouraged by Charles Darwin's 1871 book called The Descent of Man um, through popularizing his um, natural selections theories. And Charles Darwin wrote in this book that... Homo sapiens have less body hair than his or her antecedents because less hairy mates were more sexually attractive. Oh, interesting, Darwin. It's interesting, though, but it goes back to attractiveness with yeah. lack of hair. Yeah. It's just persistent. Yes. Yeah, it's really interesting. Anyway, so, but all of those um, creations, you know, that straight razor, the modern debilatory creams, and the first modern razor, kind of as we know it, were all marketed and um, developed for men. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. The first women's razor was created by Gillette, and but it wasn't until 1915. So that was like 25 years later. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? That is very 25 interesting. 25 years later before he was like, oh, maybe the ladies want to remove their hair too. But theoretically, you can you can use the same thing. Yeah, but if you can, right? It's all good. I mean, all of these things can remove hair, but right. the women's razors are designed a little bit different. They are. Like they're spaced further apart, like the actual blades and stuff. That's true. You know, if they have more than one blade. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, interesting. Um, okay. And so in the early 1900s, um, the depilatory creams and powders were widely marketed and used for getting rid of menacing hair that people didn't want. So it was like all the rage, getting rid of the I hair. I wonder how caustic to the skin those I were. I would like to talk about that okay. when I get there. We're going to talk about okay, it. Okay, okay. Um, we're almost there. But um, they. this was also, during this time, the first, um, there was like an ad that was released with a woman with her arms raised with no hair <laughs> under her armpits. And it was like a big thing. It was like, okay, we're getting rid of all the hair, ladies. Yeah. Yeah. It was really interesting. Shave your pits. Yeah. And um, also in the 1940s, um, Remington, so we know about Remington. Yeah. It's another razor company, but they released the first electric razor for uh -huh. women of 
horse after one had already been developed for a man. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, and marketed towards ladies. Okay. And this came specifically during um, the war, World, World, okay. World War II, when nylon for like pantyhose was really scarce. Oh. And so women were wearing, like, were just going bare legged. And so it was like really important for them to have shaved legs. I see. I because the nylon's kind of covered. Yeah, because the nylon's the hairy covered legs. the hairy, hairy legs. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And so they didn't have that anymore. Oh, that's so they interesting. Had to, I know. Okay. I found that interesting too. Um, so feminine hair removal was like all the rage at this time. And more and more women were spending time and money to remove all the hair from all the places, as they do now. Yeah. So <clears throat> the early debilitary creams were not used very often because of the severe skin I was irritation. Just say. And the um, modern day ingredient, it's called thioglycolic acid, and it basically breaks down the keratin in the hair. Okay. And then it and then you and can wipe it away. Yeah. But even so, did you must have used Nair as a I teenager. Have. Yeah. Yeah. How how did it work for you? Well it worked fine, actually. Did it, it irritate your skin? It did not. And oh, I did. am very sensitive soul. Nice. Um, my skin is very sensitive, but it's become more sensitive later in life. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just didn't like the smell. Oh yeah. Just, near. It did have a very, it's very smell. chemical, yeah. but it, it seemed to work fine. Nice. I used it when I was 15 one time. I guess it would burn a little. I guess it, it did burn a little yeah, bit. It left I think me back. with a like severe rash. It was really bad. You're like, I, I just can't never used it again. Yeah. Did you do the little patch test that it says to do? <gasps> Why would I? I was 15. Who does patch tests? <laughs> like, I seriously, like, well, in I'm my a... best friend's basement, we gave each other tattoos. Like, who cared about, like, patch tests? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> Yeah, I guess, but, you know. So I wasn't that kind of teenager. Well, and it's very specific. Like, you have to wash it off right away. Like, you can't have it on any longer. No, I slathered it all over those legs. Oh, boy. Yeah. No, I regretted it. I really did. <laughs> well, I never <laughs> used it again. Yeah. Anyway. So um, they weren't just, they've improved over the years. Yeah. For sure. sure. But they weren't used. They were really irritating back in the day. Yeah. Um, so razors were used to remove hair from all of the places. And tweezers were um, really, really came into play during this time to shape the eyebrows. Okay. So no more unibrow. No more unibrow. We need two and very defined. Yeah. I think the unibrow, unibrow really, it was established that wasn't very cool when they started removing all of the eyebrows. <laughs> Queen Elizabeth was like, no. Right. But she's like, no. We, we no mustn't. Unibrow. Right. That forehead, it's a great thing. So, <laughs> I know. Uh, anyway, moving on. So, modern wax strips, these were developed in like the 1960s, and they were like, people loved them. They work really well. Yeah. You know, but they were um, a little more effective than just like, you know, the the ancient beeswax and sure. sugar. Yeah. So, they've been developed so that they work a little bit better. But they would, you know, use the wax and like bandages and rip them off. Yeah. Anyway, just like okay. we do now. Yeah. Um, and it was the preferred method for most of the ladies. So electrolysis. Yeah. This was really interesting because this technology was de developed actually back in the 1800s. Really? Yeah. And it wasn't for um, like hair removal. It was about... 40 or so years after like the technology was developed for other reasons that there was an ophthalmologist and his name was Dr. Charles E. Michel. 
And he introduced the world in, 19, or in 1875 to the use of electrolysis in medicine to treat ingrown eyelashes. Oh, yeah. I know. Isn't that cool? My daughter had an ingrown eyelash. Oh, really? Yeah. Painful. Very. Yeah, I think I've had one one time, and it was very uncomfortable. It was almost like a sty, but worse. Yeah, yeah. and so they um, they plucked it out of there for her. Nice. Her in. Yeah, but I had never heard of that in my life. Yeah. And this guy actually it's got a, a funny thing. name. Oh, it has a uh, Well, now I wish I had Oh, shoot. I forget what it's called, but... It sounds like an STD, actually. Oh, really? I'm going to look it up. You, you keep going. I keep going. Okay. So those of you who don't know, electrolysis uses like electrical impulses to basically permanently destroy the hair root. And um, so Dr. Michel, he was like, okay, well, this will get rid of ingrown eyelashes. What about all the rest of the hair? Yeah. So he was like, let's do it up. So it was um, the... Or early method, there's like a lot on electrolysis. We could do an entire episode on all of the nuances of electrolysis and all the different kinds and types and stuff like that. But the early methods like damage the skin around the hair follicle. So it was just, you it know, was too dramatic. Much. It wasn't targeting. Skin. Yeah, exactly. Follicles. It was targeting everything. Yeah, exactly. So um, the efforts were obviously made to improve the technology. And so they designed this super thin needle that was placed into the hair shaft under the skin. And this is how it's done now. So they take this super thin needle, place it into the hair shaft underneath the skin, and then it directs those impulses directly to the root right. to kill the root. And then it, it prevents damage from the other, other skin cells. Yeah. And there's a needle? It's a tiny, tiny little thing. Like I'm, I'm kind of thinking like, like acupuncture, but even tinier, you know, it's a tiny little thing. I mean, it has to go, it, you know, it kind of just slides into the hair follicle. Do you know how many hair follicles there are? Right. In the it'll body? take a little while. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So like, you know, most people aren't going to do this to remove like all of their legs on their hair. You know, it's probably, it's used more for, you know, pubic Small area, area and mm -hmm. armpits and stuff. Okay. And the other thing too, is that like, you have to have a lot of treatments in the way that your hair cycles through and growth and stuff. You have to get it done a certain amount of times and it can take up to 18 months worth of treatments. Wow. To uh, permanently remove the hair. But the interesting thing about electrolysis, because mm -hmm. we're going to talk about laser hair removal yeah. in just a minute, but it is the only FDA approved method for permanent hair removal. Okay. Yeah. So electrolysis is really the way to go if you have the time and patience. And I can imagine like, um, you know, even like if you get lots of ingrown hairs and stuff like that, and it's really like affecting your quality of life, like it would be worth doing it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Did you find it? What's it I called? did. Okay. It's called, are you ready? Are you ready? Yes. And this is an ingrown eyelash. Eyelash. Trichiasis. Trichiasis. Yes. Trichiasis. Yes. Okay. And I, I feel like that. it sounds way too much like trichomonas. It does. You're right. Like, how did my daughter get trick in her eyeball? Yeah, but it's that's, because it's not. Trick means hair. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Interesting. Yeah. Trichiasis. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> anyway. Fun fact. Yep. And it was all, uh, yeah, trichiasis was the whole reason we have electrolysis for yeah. hair removal. For interesting. Our legs. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Anyway, all the things we learn in science accidentally. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's kind of cool. Okay, so laser hair removal was first used in the 1960s. And this uses like a concentrated light beam that travels down the follicle 
to damage the hair root and prevent growth. Right. And this is FDA approved, but it's FDA approved for the reduction of hair growth. Uh -huh. So it's not for permanent hair removal. Right. So also, um, if you have light colored hair, it doesn't yeah. have the pigment needed for the light impulse to travel down to the root to right. kill the root. Yeah. So it's basically like pointless for anyone with light colored hair. Which is a bummer. Like me. If you right. want to have. Yeah, if you want to have. Know, yeah, exactly. Hair removal. Right. Um, so, but improvements. Oh, also early on, like electrolysis, there was like severe damage to the skin with these oh, early lasers. Imagine. Like a oh, lot. Yeah. Like there was like no focus. Right. Stuff. I mean, they were just like burning people up and stuff. <laughs> and, <laughs> Yikes. So there wasn't like they had, I mean, it wasn't used very often. Right. And um, it wasn't until like the 1990s that they were able to really concentrate that light into the hair follicle and prevent the damage around the and i feel like follicle. it's come even from there yeah. a long way yeah probably i would imagine yeah it well it has pretty... to like everything has to i mean that was like 30 years ago i know but it feels like yesterday right well it does because i was <laughs> yeah 10 I was alive seven eight i was 10. yeah yeah anyway um and you also need multiple treatments to yeah. have it be. So do you want to share your experience? I, you know what? I, um, so I think I've talked about this before where my general region gets a lot of ingrown hairs and it's really uncomfortable and I get cysts and they're just uncomfortable. Yeah. And I don't know if it's correlation or causation, but my skin is always irritated. And so I just want to get rid of it. Yeah. So I don't have to deal with it. And if I, technically don't have hair growing, then I don't have those right, issues, exactly. right? Yeah. So I have been doing laser hair removal and I love it. Yeah. I feel like it's five or 10 minutes of my time. Okay. And so it's, it's really fast. It's, it's super not like fast. through like a long electrolysis. Right. And it's kind of like a rubber band is being hit on your skin uh -huh. over and over again, but it's really quick. Yeah. And I feel like the results are really good. Yeah. And yeah. So do they I, numb it up first? You know, they don't, they don't at all, okay. but I, I have been waxed before and I feel like, and I've been triggered before yeah. and I feel like it's better than that. Okay. Both of those. Yeah. And this last time I put ice, they Ooh. gave me an ice pack, which yeah. I thought was very nice. Yeah. And it made it like almost nothing. Nice. So if your skin is cold. Yeah. Then the heat doesn't really bother it. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I was like, wow, I can, it's really tolerable with you ice. Just, like ice it down on your way there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, get a big old ice pack, yeah. put it right there in the creases. It's yeah. fine. There you go. <laughs> okay, cool. But we'll have to. Yeah, that. no, I, yeah, I'll let you know how it goes. Cool. How long have you been doing it? Um, so I've had, well, I, okay. So lasers, like laser hair machines, I guess, are different. It's not my area of expertise, but I had six treatments from a different type of laser and it thinned a lot. Okay. And now I've had two from a different type of laser and it's almost gone. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. So it's just a more powerful laser. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My daughter is getting it done for under her arms too. And yeah. she, really, she says she's noticing like patches. It's and so nice. And she really likes mm -hmm. it. Yeah, and I started um, doing my chin too. Yeah. Because there's a lot of, when you get older ladies, yeah. there's a lot of excess chin yeah. growth. It's true. And um, hair, I, hair everywhere. I only had one treatment and I've already noticed a difference on really? my, mm -hmm. like okay. major difference. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Very good. All right. Well, the last thing we're going to talk about is threading. Oh, yes. How, do you know much about this? I don't, but I have I, I have been threaded. You have been threaded. I have. Okay. I have not been threaded because I am just... A I, chicken? No, I'm just... <laughs> I just... 
don't. I, I really light eyebrows, yeah. and so Nobody people can. say they can't tell. Yeah. So I just don't do anything with my eyebrows. That's great. Yeah, I know. It's like saves me a lot of time. I just gave up. I'm like, I live in the bush. I might as well have bushy eyebrows. Well, there you go. Who cares? <laughs> Nobody even cares. This is Alaska. We live in the wilderness. So in order to get threaded, you really need somebody who knows what they're doing. I mean, it's a yes. certain technique. It is. That's And what I did I it read. when I was in Phoenix. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. back... A long time ago. Yeah. Oh, like when you were ago. traveling. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, what I read was that you really want somebody who's very skilled and quick and quick because it's and somebody who painful. does it who is skilled can do it very very quickly. Yeah. So, yeah. but it originates back from like, or they think it originates back from the Middle East and Southern Asia, and so it's been a thing for a really long time. Yeah. And basically, you use like a thin cotton thread, and then it's kind of. They do this knot twisty kind of thing and it's swiped up against the skin and it pulls the hair out by the root like yeah. a tweezer, but much faster. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like these fancy things that they do with their fingers. Yeah. It's fun to watch. Yeah. It's really, it's, yeah. Mm -hmm. I watched a video and I'm like, wow, how do they do that? It's really cool. Um, and it has been reported and maybe you can, you know, be contradictory to this, but that it's less painful than using the tweezers. Maybe it's just because it's so I fast. I hate tweezers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it, but so I'm sensitive too, and I'm a big yeah. baby. So. Well, and yeah. that's a really sensitive area. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, it can also um, produce like a more refined look without leaving behind like stray hairs, like waxing can. Uh huh. Yeah, which is really, yeah. really kind of cool. So. Yeah, and if you go get waxed, and then your skin is all irritated from the wax, and then you go in with tweezers right. to get those loose ones. Seriously. Painful. I know. I actually remember hearing you tell me some stories of some times when you've had some areas waxed and then they go back and try to You're dig like, out. The, oh, the, no. The, don't yeah, do that. The, yeah. Painful. I know. It's so painful. I'm yeah. like, okay, forget it. Just leave it there. Just leave it's, it's just one hair. It's like, one hair. Leave it alone. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, that's that. Hairy, hairy. Hairy, hairy. Wow. I know. Interesting. That was so much. Yeah. And so good. Thank you. Was, that yeah. was really good. I know. It was, I'm just really glad to like have done it because it I, was like I had this itch. I just felt like I had to get this hair episode out. Man. And so when you told me you were going to talk about hair, it was like, okay, what is it going to be? Five minutes? I know. But this was I know. not. It was so it's good. Fun. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. Well, I hope that someone is enlightened today. Yes. And that you all had a good laugh or two because I can tell you that that was entertaining yeah. to me. And send us your hair stories. Oh my gosh, please do. Oh, yeah. that would, would be love, so cool. Yeah, for our veggie tales. Yes. What do you do? What do you don't do? What has happened? Yeah. Oh man. Do it. Yeah. And we'll read them on the air and we'll have a good time. Awesome. Well, we'll Bye. see y'all later. All right. Bye. Bye. All right, y'all. We need you, our wonderful and fabulous listeners. If you would like to submit your birth adventure, your vagina mishap story, or the what the fuzz just happened to me story, go to www.theaos411.com. You'll be able to select the type of story you'd like to submit right there. Remember, these stories can be anonymous. So if it's a great story, but you want don't want to share your name, that's all right. So you just let us know. Ask us any burning questions you might have. Also, hit us up on Instagram at the AOS411 or Facebook at the Aftermath of Sex. We also have Twitter at the Aftermath Sex, but we really don't know how to use that. So you can go ahead and hit us up there and maybe we'll figure it out eventually. But right now, it's pretty bleak. 
Don't forget to support us by hitting like and subscribe and share us with all your friends because likely they're just as cool as you. We hope you feel enlightened today. Bye. Bye.